Welcome to Bayer Crotcast with Matt Willis and Craig White, your technical field representatives in Western Australia. In this Crotcast, we'll give you a quick wrap-up of the season at hand and things to look out for, including events coming up around you and everything related to agronomy and growing healthy crops. We're passionate about agriculture and crop protection, and we look forward to having you join us on Bayer Crotcast. Welcome to Bayer Crotcast. This is episode two, and it's August 2018. How are you going this time, Matt? Really good, Wiley. A pleasure to be here in person this time. Yeah, fantastic. Sitting right next to you, mate, and yeah, doing the Cropcast for August 2018. Just want to say thanks to everyone out there that listened to the Bayer Cropcast, uh, provided any feedback and your encouragement, so we thank you very much. What do you think, Matt? Well, it went really well, I think. I think a few people have listened to it. Uh, so once I've got past listening to the sound of my own voice, which is always uh, an interesting experience, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, real good. Yeah, it's all good fun. So, as we said, we really want to give you an update of what's happening uh, where we're kicking around in the great state of Western Australia and things we're aware of. So, one of some of the first things, Matt, we're noticing is there's still a few young crops around. Yeah, particularly in your area, Whitey, um, but... Uh yeah, in some areas, particularly in the eastern parts of my patch, sort of, uh, there's still some cereals which are only just now reaching the tillering stage. Um, yeah, there's a few around the place, Whitey, probably a few more down your way towards the south. I've got a, a few crops which are probably relative to where you'd expect this time of year, probably back a little bit, but still well and truly tillering in the cereals and starting to run up in the canola. Yeah, look down in the south, there's still quite a few around and getting... Still a lot of queries about weed control and remember early weeds are the ones that take the most yield away so get on top of them and remember you can get in there nice and early from the two leaf crop stage with the velocity because it has that fantastic crop safener in it and you're also using the group H and group C chemistry. Now just with those young crops also a big challenge not just in the young ones but the more advanced is leaf disease Matt. What are you seeing up your way at the moment? Oh it is really pumping away in the, in the cereals we're starting to see plenty of spot form net blotch particularly on barley on barley country. Uh, a bit of yellow spots starting to creep in, in the wheat um, and I've heard yeah, reports of leaf, leaf rust in barley particularly further south. Um, canola um, definitely seeing a, a lot of disease starting to appear there. Plenty of reports of blackleg um, in the high production zones and uh, Sclerotinia in all the usual spots, apothecia everywhere. Uh, I've been, I was digging around at, in Kalingri uh, on Friday last week and uh, yeah, found plenty in a, a canola on Lupin Paddock and then I've plenty of other more advanced uh, canola crops. Uh, yeah, it's everywhere with plenty of reports coming through. So plenty of talk about getting protective fungicides on there before the disease really cranks up. Yeah, likewise in the south with uh, barley crops actually showing the most disease at the moment. Certainly there's been those black leg showers as well in canola and starting to get a lot of inquiry about that early and you know, all those lesions on the leaves, whether we'll get a yield response or what have you. And certainly um, over the years with Prezaro in development and now Aviator X Pro, we see that people really need to give that a try for themselves and actually have a look, Matt. You were just talking to someone on the way down to do this recording with me and urge them to have a look for themselves. Yeah, they'd heard they're a bit still dubious as to whether it'd be uh, economical to go in with a fungicide with uh, even though they were seeing some black leg in the paddock and uh, as I tell most people if you've got any doubts just leave a trial strip uh, where you don't spray, just spur the, the, the boom off and on and uh, come back a few weeks later and you'll generally better see for yourself whether the uh, fungicide's done its job. Yeah definitely and that's um a great piece of advice and you know we've got to understand that we've got four groups of fungicide available 
four different mode of action groups available in fungicides in broadacre in Australia and only three of those you can use post-emergent in the crops and it's really important that you, you know, mix them up, rotate them. Fungicide resistance is also coming out at the moment as well. But in terms of that canola mat um, and the, certainly the apothecia around, what's sort of the advice now when you see apothecia uh, out in the paddocks, those little mushrooms, and uh, people can get in touch if they want to uh, help identify them. Uh, you know, what's the advice from there on in? How long should people then be you know, waiting before they spray? Is it, you know, do you just play the catch-up game, wait till you see sclero, or get in a bit earlier? Well, generally, if you found the apothecia out there, you're going to be getting sclerotinia, as long as the conditions are conducive to it, which they well and truly are uh, this year. Um, getting that preventative spray is always the best way to do it, and there's been plenty of research showing that getting in at that 20, 20% flowering of your canola is the ideal timing, 20 to 50% timing. So in most cases, you better get away with a single spray, but there are circumstances, particularly higher production zones, where you might have to go in twice. Um, and it's not just in canola as well, but certainly other pulses around the place to keep an eye out of with apothecia appearing. Uh, canola isn't the only host, uh, most broadleaf plants are. Yeah, and again, remember the last time we talked about cropalert.com.au, that's a tool that can help you get more information about sclerotinia and blackleg, and um, also put in your postcode and get some predictions about what's actually going on, taking into account the conditions. Mm, certainly. Yeah, so really handy. Uh, certainly in the cereals, it's net type net blotch, spot form net blotch I'm seeing. A um, few reports now, just a little bit of powdery mildew, depending on the variety, starting to come in. And of course, barley leaf rust. And really important to check your strategies, um, check what your products can do. Just remember there's a lot of product names out there, brand names out there. Just make sure you know what you are applying and make sure you mix it up. Remember there's three groups you can use foliar application and Aviator X Pro, of course, containing that unique Group 7 for cereal crops. And uh, certainly Prasaro been a great strategy, particularly with a lot of in barley, some people going out with Sestiva on seed. as a standalone uh, Group 7 uh, as activity foliar. So the general stewardship advice from Bayer and uh, Frack uh, is to only use not to use two subsequent uh, SDHI uh, fungicides, particularly if one is standalone. So in that case, uh, you wouldn't want to come back with an aviator first time after Sestiva's been put on seed. Prasara would be your best option in that case. Yeah, for sure. And if you've used Jockey or something like that um, on seed, then certainly you can consider the Group 7 SDHIs, which are that newer group, but make sure you do check those FRAC guidelines. And what we're referring to there is the Fungicide Resistance Action Committee, which is a global committee, and in Australia you can find information at croplife.org.au, and it's worth checking up, making sure you're rotating your groups, just as we know all too well with weeds, Matt. Most certainly. People think of uh, herbicide resistance quite, uh, it's quite common in Australia, and everyone's familiar with it, but... Uh, Fungicide resistance certainly is the next big thing or the next bad thing in agriculture for us to look forward to. Yeah, certainly. Look, you know, there's ways of, of dealing with it. I was down at the South Stirlings last week. There was a great meeting held at Stirlings to Coast Farmers out at the uh, South Stirlings Hall and we discussed a lot of these strategies and, you know, it certainly can show that you'll still be growing crops. Just make sure you know what you're doing and there's plenty of information, including from Matt and myself and all the other Bayer staff around the state and your local advisor so get in touch with us now matt um we always have a bit of fun here have you got an interesting fact or a piece of trivia that you wanted to share oh i've had a, I've had a good chance to think after last time whitey it was a bit basic i've put a bit of thought into this one so what i'm going to do for you mate is give you a list of five, six products 
and you need to list of these six products which one has not been associated with Bayer in the past. So, wow, which one has yeah. not been associated? Yeah, and and to th- throw a spanner in the works, it's not even going to be agriculture, mate. You have to, you have oh, to goodness think me. outside the box because obviously Bayer is a very big company, and it's not just agricultural products; it produces and sells and and manufactures. So uh, here you go. Now pay attention, Whitey. Right, I will do. All right, number one, Claritin. Number two, Barocca. Number three, Aspirin. Number four, Advantage for Cats and Dogs. Number five, Yaz Birth Control Pills. And number six, Zyrtec Allergy Relief. Well, Matt, um, I reckon all of those have been, but whether one of them was developed in a time before Bayer bought that company in, but I'm going to say the last one, possibly. Correct, Whitey, Zyrtec. Claritin's our main... uh, Allergy relief products and uh, Zyrtec is uh, competitors. Oh, there you go. I was nearly going to say when we're out in the spring field walks, we have to carry a bit of that stuff around. So it better be Clarentine, right? Yeah, mate. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Matt. Cool. And um, the one that I've got here that I wanted to share was actually just a fact. It was um, I was looking around and I read this piece that said about by 2020, so not too far away, half of the world's population will be on our doorstep, our northern doorstep representing a lot of opportunities for Australia's economy, especially our dynamic farming sector. And last year, Australian farms, you know, went past the $60 billion in in farm income. The National Farmers Federation, they've got a vision to grow that to $100 billion by 2030. And the story of ag, obviously, is not just about the farms. Uh, overall, it's obviously the great basis for it. But agriculture actually supports 1.6 million jobs from the city to the bush in areas like retail, logistics, processing, and many, many more, including people like myself and yourself, Matt. Mm, one of one of thousands. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, by 2020, half that world population uh, will be on Australia's doorstep, and they're pitching that to be around 7.5 billion people. And then, of course, that vision out to 2050 that there will be over 9 billion people. So we've got to keep producing food the best way we can, Matt. Mm, as always. All right, and uh, what about any events coming up, mate? What's going on in your area? Oh, things are certainly cranking up in the north. Uh, got a few events to attend. Um, spring field day season starting up. But uh, August 2nd, I'm off to David Gray's. I've got their Agro Advantage trial site up at Geraldton I'll be attending. Um, and then uh, Three Springs Rural is at, is hosting a uh, an event out at uh, one of my trial sites, uh, just uh, north up around Yandanooka, actually. Uh, got got a wild radish trial out there comparing velocity and jag with some other industry standards. So we're we'll going to have a good group of people across that on on the on the third of August. Have a look at that. Uh, August eight, uh, we've got a quarter field walk with uh, I've, got, I've got a few trials out that way, including a metric area trial uh, at uh, Gabon uh, down the road from quarter. I've actually been showing some nice uh, results on Twitter. Um, some of the earlier results from that. So we'll be getting a big group of people across there and, and a low rainfall, a supposed low rainfall site. It's been actually pretty tidy out there this year. Uh, looking at some uh, ryegrass control out that way too. Uh, so that's on August the 8th. Uh, August the 9th, they're heading across to the Leiby Group's got their new building opening in town. So put a lot of time and effort and money towards getting a new building in town that they've just moved into. So they've got the big opening day then. Uh, Minganew Expo on uh, August 15th and 16th, and then they've got the run of field days coming up. NAG's got theirs, or the Northern Agri Group's got theirs on the 22nd. Uh, Minganew Irwin Group's got theirs on the 28th, and Darren uh, has their machinery um, spring field day on the 29th and 30th. So I'll be attending all of those and uh, showing, up a few, uh, showing up a few trial sites in the area as well. 
Fantastic, Matt. And look, down in the south also, slightly a little uh, later when the Springfield days come up, and I might um, talk about them on the next crop cast, but certainly um, 2nd of August, the Southern Dirt Cropping Challenge at Catanning. So that's where about, I think it's about 15 or 16 different teams were competing or growing different crops over a four-year rotation, and that's really interesting, and there'll be a field walk out there on the 2nd of August right at the edge of Catanning. So if you're in the area and you want to know more, get in touch But Southern Dirt. Um, Dumble Young Graver Grace Day on the 9th of August out at Dumble Young, of course, on that sticky red clay. It'll be interesting if it rains out there a bit more. Uh, Meriden on the 16th, and I'll be down at Catanning on the 21st of August running um, some field walks over a tech site down there and at an Evergo Energy trial looking very, very good down there. And people may also see that on Twitter. Um, the results that are going on with Evergo Energy against the root diseases, Rhizoctonia, crown rot and pythium. So Matt, just on that too, um, what's the sort of results you're seeing in those Evergo energy trials at the moment in your patch? Oh, they're really starting to pop now, particularly in the Rhizoctonia uh, uh, trials. Um, noticed early, uh, we're seeing more of a seedling effect with the crown rot, um, seeing some pre-emergent uh, seedling mortality uh, and such, and biomass reductions early on. Uh, whereas the Rhizoctonia generally takes a little bit longer for the symptoms to show up as the roots start exploring and starting to hit nutrient and uh, water deficiencies. Um, but uh, yeah, starting to see that appearing uh, in all the Rhizoctonia trials now. So seeing big uh, variances between the untreated and, and treated ones, and particularly uh, the, uh, the Evergold Energy uh, seed treated uh, plots are looking fantastic and quite easy to spot for the casual observer. So we've had a few groups of people looking at those recently and some really good results. So I'll be doing some NDVI. Um, assessment soon, soon to get some quantitative data, but yeah, looking really good right now. Yeah, great. And you mentioned NDVI. I was just going to ask about what tool or app you might be using, and um, mine is a, a new handheld green seeker. So that's um, picking up the NDVI rating with a handheld gadget. So you run over the plots, and it really does help to paint a, an excellent picture. And I've also posted some videos and some words on Twitter. So get in touch with us there. Uh, Matt's what, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, mine is at Matt Willis Ag. And yours, Whitey? At Photo by CW. So you'll find us on Twitter and a great way to get in touch with Matt or I. Matt, you also did mention that you've got a grass trial that you'll be looking at. And something I've just wanted to mention now is, you you know, we're getting to that stage where we can really see the differences between the pre-emergent herbicides. So for Suracura, for example, Trifluralin, Box of Gold, sulfur carb all of those trilate or whatever it might be and now is a great time because we're quite a few weeks out from mm. sowing it's not just sort of that six to eight week period everything well a lot of the products can look quite good it's actually really starting to stretch those uh, lesser options but i'm seeing sakura holding its own at the moment what about you yeah most certainly um being uh, as you said whitey some of those other options like a prosulfur carb trifluralin and box of golds were looking yeah they're looking pretty good this year with the conditions we had early at that sort of six to eight week mark but uh we're pushing 10 weeks on all of these trials now and it's, they're really starting to drop away as their residual capabilities are tested whereas the sakura and sakura trifluralins and sakura avidexes are, are still holding strong and looking really good in the paddocks so we'll be taking a lot of people across those trials over the next few weeks just to, sh to show them you know that that residual component how important it is so many people look at these trials and do their assessments 
assessments six weeks after application and, and then don't go back in the paddock again until harvest and um, yeah they're really missing out that latter half of the story um, so we'll be going there now doing later assessments and doing the the panicle counts at the end of the year as well in, in September October which ultimately is probably the most important thing getting your seeds back in your seed bank the number of panicles that are produced after an, after an IBS application is, is the, reducing that is really the end goal of uh, ryegrass control yeah, and bringing that in with harvest weed seed control and other cultural methods is what it's all about. Integrated weed management or just controlling those darn weeds, Matt? Mm, most certainly. Chemicals are, chemicals are a tool but not the solution. Yep, absolutely. And we might do an IWM or weed control uh, talk at another Bayer crop cast, Matt. Certainly, certainly. Very good. All right. So just finally, mate, is there anything else you want to say? No, I think that pretty much covers it off. I've got a few things I've got to do today, so I'm going to shoot back up the road and uh, do some hard work, I suppose. Yep, fantastic, Matt. That's great. So thanks, everyone, for listening to Bayer CropCast in August, and we'll look forward to catching up again for the September one. Can you believe it's September nearly? And, um, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See you all later. Thanks for joining us on Bayer CropCast. To get more information about anything you heard on today's episode, phone one 800 804-479 to get in touch with us or visit the web at crop.bayer.com.au Thanks for listening.